This is Swim Success with Music. Yo, what up, music fam? This is Walt. This is Success with Music. I am your music coach. And again, you're listening to Swim Success with Music. This is a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, beat makers, music students. Yo, we are about the music life. Hey, again, I appreciate you guys tuning into the the podcast, and we've been getting uh, quite a bit of love from uh, listeners all around the world, and I appreciate you guys, uh, those who listen on a regular basis. If you are new to the program, by all means, I invite you to subscribe uh, on your favorite platform, Apple Podcasts being a major one that we distribute our shows to. So if you want to keep up with episodes, yeah, go ahead over to um, Apple Podcasts and subscribe to uh, the podcast. All right. So if you are just joining us here today, know that we are, we are in the midst of a series and we're dealing with music production. And in the past uh, few episodes, I've been going through a few tips related to some music production tips or music production ideas that I use to create some of my tracks And I'm hoping that these ideas, you can incorporate them into what you're doing so that maybe you can have some additional ideas in your arsenal as you are going about that music life. Now, mind you, today is part four in the music production series. But here's here's the great thing. You don't have to go back to the first episode or listen to them in sequential order Each of these four recent episodes deal with different aspects. So, again, if you're listening for the first time today, if you're dropping in on what we're doing, you're not missing any of the other previous points in the other episodes. They're not building upon one another. They're just four different sessions on different tips. So hopefully that makes sense. And with that, man, I want to go ahead and get into session number four for today. Hey, I want to remind you guys, please cruise on over to successwithmusic.com. You can check out the other episodes. So if you are trying to locate the other shows that I mentioned, you can find them there. Just look for podcasts on our main page. Again, the website is successwithmusic.com. There you'll also see some things that we're doing with respect to in-class music training. You may be interested in learning a bit more about that. All right, so let's uh, go ahead and get into it for today. All right, so I want to start off with an opinion that I have about creating music. Now, this opinion may get under the skin of some of you, so just kind of bear with me again. This is my opinion. So when I'm creating music, I try my best when I'm using my digital audio workstation and my software and things like that. I try my best uh, to stay away from loops and audio clips. And I know that, again, may bug some of you. I know I've, I've seen a lot of uh, different um, artists and producers that that is their thing. They go to a huge library of different loops and drum beats and drops and things like that. And they just put them into their music. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I've done it before. Uh, but again, I'm not a huge fan of it because for me, I feel like it takes away from uh, the musicianship 
when creating, you know, a, a song for your artist or for your own purposes. So I will admit in this regard, I'm straight up old school. I'm I'm from the mind or I'm from the the um the world where you create music from the ground up. You create your own concepts. You don't just mash up a whole bunch of uh, sounds and say, hey, this is a track I made. To me, that's a different type of art form. I'm approaching this from a musician standpoint. So I like to create things from the ground up. Even if I create my own drum loop, I like to create that. I like to be in control of it. One of the reasons for it is it's mine. And it's likely that someone will not have the exact same type of loop. Sure, people can come pretty close to making uh, the same type of sound if I'm using the same you know, plugins and things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, how you choose the sounds and the volume and the filters and the plugins or what have you, it can still be very unique. And that's really something that I like. And I think if you can push yourself as a musician to be a creator versus being someone that does a lot of just mashing up of things, I think you'll go a lot further um, in terms of just being sought after as a creator. Again, that's my opinion. Some of you may differ and uh, your your thoughts about it. And if, if you do, you know, I'd love to hear from you. You know, we have a contact um, area on our website. Just go ahead and check it out and uh, let me know your thoughts on it. Again, the website is successwithmusic.com. The things that I'm talking about today are the small minor building blocks that I use to create original music. So I'm not going to talk about using loops. So the advice that I'm going to talk about today or the tips that I use really focus on you building your music incrementally, step by step, block by block from the ground up. All right. So there's my little speech about that today. Let's go ahead and move over into um, my very first uh, tip for you today. So I want to play a track for you that I made or a song or a music segment. Um, I um, in previous episodes, again, if you're just tuning in, I would play a piece of music and I would go back with that same piece of music and go through some different concepts and ideas that were used in that piece of music. Today will be no different. So I have a brand new small musical segment for you that I created just a few bars here. I'll play the musical segment here and I'll go back and talk about three things that I would like for you to walk away with today. All right. So let's go ahead and play it. Here we go. All right. So there is the little musical piece here. So um, I want to focus on a lot of a lot of percussion related things for our discussion today. So I want you to focus your ear on the snare as we go through it. And I'm going to give you one of the tips that I use quite a bit when creating music, especially when I want to give my snare drum a bit more thump or whack or energy, however you want to put it. So I'm going to play the track one more time. Focus your ear on the snare, and then I'm going to come back and deconstruct this and tell you what's going on. Let me play it one more time as a whole.
stop it. So what's happening here is I'll start with the, the first point here. I am using a small little sound effect just ahead of the snare drum hitting. And it doesn't happen every single time, but it happens incrementally. What I'm talking about here, I'm going to isolate the sound that is proceeding or going just before the snare drum. It's going to be kind of low here, so you may have to turn your volume up. But um, let me play that sound for you, and I'll tell you what it is and why I have it there just ahead of my snare. Here we go. There it is. Here it comes again. And it comes a couple more times here. And I'll stop it right there. So that little small weird sound, again, is happening just ahead of the snare drum hitting. Again, not every single time, but I'll go back and I'll show you where. The reason why that little weird sound is there is I believe that when you use a sound like that, this kind of um, reversed sound, and that's really what it is, is a reverse snare drum. And so let me take a quick aside here just to explain what I'm talking about. This is an audio file of a snare drum sound that's in my digital audio workstation. So that sound clip or piece, I took that single snare sound I use the reverse feature in my digital audio workstation, and then the sound is basically playing backwards. And then on top of that, I have an envelope on it, so it goes from low volume to high volume very quickly. So it's just a quick reverse sound. So that's what you're hearing. That quick reverse sound I'm putting, again, just ahead of my regular snare drum sound. The reason that I'm doing that is I feel like the sound is sliding into the main snare. And in another way, I I like to think about this, is that it sounds like there's a whack to the snare, like a wind up and pow, there's a hit to uh, on that snare drum sound. So have you ever seen those movies? Where there's like a fight scene and there's doing they're you know doing some kung fu or some kicking, punching, that type of thing. Have you ever noticed that when the guy throws a punch, you'll hear the guy's arm flying through the air and then you'll hear the punch, like whoosh, that type of thing. Again, it sounds kind of silly, but it happens in movies all the time. It's, there's like that sound that flies through the air and then the psh sound. Again, it's, it's kind of a dumb example, but I think it kind of suits <laughs> suits the uh, the episode today. There's a slight sound and then there's a pow sound on the snare. To me, when you do that, it feels like it hits harder, though it's really not hitting harder. So again, I have the wind up sound, which is a reversed snare. And then we have the actual snare sound. So let me play the snares for you and I'm going to isolate them or solo them. And you're going to hear what I'm talking about. Let me play it. Here it is. All right, let me stop there. So again, all of them did not have the wind up to the snare. And actually, there's one snare missing. So I'm going to drop that one in there because there's one that has a big kind of a 
open, airy sound. So I, let me put that one back in there because that actually adds to the effect. So let me play it again. There we go. All right, so now that I added that other one, that other sound, that um, the snare with the or the reverb on it, you can kind of tell that that wind up leads into that big, open, airy sounding snare drum. So again, what's happening here is that wind up leads right into that big, open sound, and it feels like it's hitting really hard. So let me talk through this here. So let me play it one more time. Here's the wind up. And then you hear a snare and then a wind up. Okay, here's just a snare. Here's a wind up again. Here's a wind up. And here's another wind up. Okay, so again, that wind up sound, as I'm calling it, it's not happening every single time. But again, I feel like when you use that little small tip or trick within your tracks, it gives your snare more of a whack. It feels like it's more dramatic. It feels like it's hitting harder because it's almost like, that uh, example that I gave about that punch where the, the fist is flying through the air uh, and you have that 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 um, that uh, sound that precedes the actual impact. All right. Let me go back to the well, all of the tracks here, or all the sounds, and I'll play them together and take a listen to it in context now that you know what's going on. Can you hear it? Here's the next one. Okay. Now, I'm just for the sake of um, difference here, I'm going to take that wind-up sound, as I call it. I'm going to remove it. So I'm going to just mute it. So here it is. I'm not going to. I'm not going to play the whole thing here, but just hear a few bars of this uh, music piece without that wind-up. Listen to the snare. It sounds fine. I don't think there's a huge major difference, but let me throw it back in. Oops. Let me, sorry, I hit the wrong thing here. Let me put it back in. Here we go. Okay, with it. One more time without it. Without, with, here we go. So it's very, very slight, but I think, again, the one that has that wind up, as I'm calling it, is just a bit more dramatic. So the point being is, this is something that you can do with your snares as well. Uh, you can do it with other sounds, but I think it really works well with a snare. And that wind up, by the way, is very, very short. It's not super loud. It just, just, right on the other side of the snare drum where it hits. All right, let's uh, go ahead and move on to our uh, next point here. I want to talk about a concept that uh, I absolutely love when it comes to creating music, and it's called LCR panning. LCR panning is something I've been a fan of for a long time. It basically makes your sound wider. So when you're listening in headphones and things like that, and by the way, just kind of a disclaimer, if you are listening to like a speakerphone type of scenario here, you may not be able to get the essence of what I'm going to talk about because 
it does require stereo. So you need headphones or two monitors for you to really get the um, the full fullness of what I'm talking about here. So we're talking about panning and LCR panning specifically. LCR panning basically is extreme panning. So what that means is that you can take an instrument or a sound and pan it all the way left, meaning 100%, or you can take something and pan it all the way right, 100%, or you can go dead in the middle and have it mono. So there's your C, the, the center. So your dead center, LCR, LCR panning. Now I am now this track does not contain full LCR panning, but there are a few elements in here that are subject to the LCR panning. The reason that I'm bringing this up is that I believe that you can make your track sound wider without the use of any type of plugin. I'm not sure if you've seen in your um, digital audio workstation like a stereo imaging plugin or some type of widening, widening plugin. Well, it kind of artificially moves things out to where it feels like bigger and broader and like you're kind of deep inside the mix. A good old fashioned LCR panning technique will do that for you. Again, extreme hard panning left, right, and you can have some things dead center with mono. So what's happening here? Let me play it for you here. I have some percussion that I have used the LCR panning for. See if you can pick it out. I'm going to play it for you real quickly. The track, the song. All right. The sounds are kind of low to be very direct with you, which will be my third point today. But let me isolate the sounds that are panned in extreme in an extreme way uh where are they all right here we go let me play it for you i'm gonna play those sounds only listen carefully because they're kind of low in volume i'll play it hear that so on uh if you have your headphones on the right way <laughs> on the left side you kind of have this clicking sound and then on the right side, you have this hi-hat sound that have a little filter on. But the hi-hat is all the way over to the right, 100%. And then the uh, the clicking sound is all the way over to the left, 100%. So these things do not occupy the same speaker territory or real estate whatsoever. They're in completely different worlds. Let me play it for you one more time. So as a listener, when you're listening in your car and your headphones and when the other music is kind of placed in the center, it gives a wider feel to the overall mix of music. So let me play it in context of the uh, the the whole song here. So listen for those little pieces, if you will, and see how big and broad the track sounds. Okay. And one more thing here, the uh, I mentioned LCR, left, center, right. The thing that's in the center in this instance is the uh, the kick drum. So let me go here and play that for you real fast. It has a little reverb on it, so it kind of spreads it just a bit. 
And I'm gonna throw the left and right on here, those sounds, those hard panned instruments. So the rhythm section or the percussion in this particular song, it it's really spread wide. All right. So I think it's a great thing to use. And here's the beauty of LCR panning. I'm just using percussion today as an example. You can use anything. I like to use LCR panning for vocals, maybe have an alto on the far left, maybe have um, a soprano far right, or you can have, let's say, a rhythm section for your guitar far left, um, maybe a lead line far right. Uh, there's a number of applications. Let me show you one more thing that I did with LCR panning today, and it goes back to our snare drum. What I did is I chose two different snare drum sounds, and I put one snare to the far left, and then one snare to the far right. Here, let me find it for you. And so before, you may have thought that these things are the same, and they're actually two different snares, as I mentioned. So let me play those snares for you. Can you hear it? So probably in the beginning, you may have thought that there's, that was just one snare drum sound. There are some multiple snares layered in there, as you saw when I put that one in there that has a reverb. But the basic snare of the song, it's really two snares, a left and a right one. Let me remove one of them. Here's one of the snares. And here's the other. And then together. And then I'm going to kind of build this up here. I'm going to put my little whack sound in there, the little wind up sound. See that? And then I'll put my bigger snare in there that has the uh, the reverb on it. And then you have the whole picture for the snare part of it. The point is me using that LCR panning, even for the snare drum. And mind you, I use two different sounds. So there's distinction. If you took the same sound and pan it left and pan it right, it's going to wind up sounding like a mono sound because the sound left and right, they're way too similar. So mind you, if you're gonna use this technique for your snare drum, make sure that you use slightly different snare drum sounds or you can slightly move them out of time to where one hits slightly ahead of the other and it kind of gives you this kind of uh, delayed effect, if you will, but it will, sound, it will sound like a stereo snare if you do it ever so slightly. Again, LCR panning can be used to all of your instrumentation. Uh, again, we're just using the, uh, the percussion today as um, an example of how to get that done. All right, last uh, thing that I want to touch on today, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, which is uh, the volume. This track here has different um, instruments at different volumes. I believe that, and, and by the way, that's uh, called dynamics, how loudly or how softly something's played. I believe a good musical track or song or what have you should have a mix of high sounds, low sounds. So I want to point out to you the difference in volume with the different uh, instruments here. So take a listen one more time with everything. What's the loudest sound in this song? And think about the lowest sound. Let me play it back for you one more time. 
So to my ear, that snare drum sound or the collection of sounds that kind of comprise that uh, snare drum section, if you will, that's the thing that kind of whacks you right in the face. Meanwhile, as we heard earlier, that little clicking sound and that hi-hat sound that's panned heart left, heart right, it's lower. Here's a crazy thing. Because they are panned left and right, this is kind of my bonus thing for you here, they're still audible. They're very, very low in volume, but because the hi-hat is very uh, far to the uh, far to the one side and the clicking sound is far to the other side, even though the snare drum is really smacking you in the face, those other smaller or lower volume elements, lower volume elements, if I can talk today, they're still audible. Listen again. You hear that? So the, the point is, if you can combine the LCR panning and you can use that in tandem or with your volume, you create a song that has a lot more depth. The point is, as you're playing around with your music and going through some different ideas, don't be afraid of taking a few instruments and dragging the volume all the way down to the point where they may not feel like they're up front and audible. But again, if you use the panning in addition to dragging the volume down, you can still cause it to be heard in the mix. And that way your song overall will not sound muddy, sound junky and too full and too complicated. So using proper volume is an incredible way of creating depth and interest in your music. And mind you, in this song, there's a whole bunch of stuff happening in the middle, mainly that little piano sound. Um, at some point in time, I have like a, a synthesized bass that drops in on the second half of the song. So there's a lot going on there, but to me, it doesn't really feel like it. It seems like everything has its place. All right, let's listen one final time. Here we go. Yo, there it is. So take some time, play around with those ideas on your own. Use that wind up sound to, to make your snares hit harder. Use LCR panning. I absolutely love it, man. Just just mess around with your tracks. Take whatever you have right now and just take your panning knob and just kind of play around and see what kind of different interesting placements you can um, give to certain instrumentation in your tracks. And lastly, go back to volume. See what's crowding your sound. Is there something in the middle that's just kind of too junky? Or you can think on the opposite side. What do you absolutely want to put into the face of the listener? Do you want to have your bass really thumping? Or do you want to have your snare just hitting folks really hard? Or do you want to have uh, a synth that's just cutting through? Volume will do that for you. And then challenge yourself to drag other things way, way, way back in the mix and then have some things in between. And you're gonna have music that is more complete, wider, and uh, more interesting overall. And when you do, man, you'll be more successful at this music game. Yo, I appreciate you tuning in to the episode today. Make sure you go over to our main site where you can hear those other episodes. Check us out at Success. 
successwithmusic.com. Again, that is successwithmusic.com. Man, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that we can keep the love going. And if you can do us one better and provide a sweet review, that would be amazing. Yo, get at us next episode. A better way for me in this life that is my dream.